Hello, you are listening to the OmniTalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, Trigo, Sezzle, and Silk. All right, well, let's go to headline number three. German discount supermarket chain Lidl has revealed plans to pursue a more sustainable business strategy with a focus on reducing the number of animal-based products in its offering and increasing its range of vegetable proteins by 2025. According to the Veganomist, Veganomist, yes, Veganomist, first time appearance. On the I know. Show. I don't even know. I was like, do you, is it like Veganomist? Are they trying to like go with that anyway? <laughs> yeah, it seems like you could have come up with something a little According better. According <laughs> to the Veganomist, Christoph Graf, chief buyer for the hundred million dollar, hundred billion, billion turnover retail giant, told the trade magazine. That he wants to replace more animal proteins with plant-based alternatives. Said Graf, there is, quote, no alternative to this step. That as a human species, we must live within the boundaries of the planet and that this can only be achieved with fewer animal products, end quote. Um, Chad, I gotta, I gotta see what your opinion is here on this, especially, you know, coming from a background, working from working with CPGs, like hostess and like pounding those super sweet, wonderful treats into stores. Like, how do you feel about a store just saying like, this is our stance. We're gonna, we're gonna just focus hundred percent on, on non-animal proteins. Uh, you may be surprised by my answer actually. Ooh. Um, so I, I thought this was actually really cool to see. And, and I don't mind saying like I got Patagonia like goosebumps when I read it. Really? Like, oh my yeah, wow. you know, I, the, the language is pretty strong. You know, yes. the chief buyer, I mean, your, your quotes, right. And I yeah. mean, like they're not leading with consumer trends, taste preferences, rise of plant-based meats, et cetera, et cetera. Like, He's talking about an obligation that companies have to pursue more sustainable approaches, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what was it? Uh, I wrote it down. It's without alternative because there is no second planet. Like that's a mm -hmm. company that knows what it stands for. Mm -hmm. And right. Lidl in particular has backed this up for a decade or so. Right. Across a series of sustainability initiatives, both externally and internally facing. So actually one of our one of our CRGers uh, who you've spoken with, John Clear yeah. before, he's a former Lidl merchant, speaks of it firsthand. Um, so, you know, I, I, so I appreciate that kind of commitment to it. Now, that said, that said, uh, surprise, there is a business and profit angle to this too. Um, so we've actually been seeing more data emerging out there. The consumers are voting with their wallets on ESG yes. and sustainable products you know, animal welfare and, and plant-based products are, are part of that in addition to other elements of sustainability. So I think we can stop just kind of ignoring millennials and Gen Zs right. just talking about how much they care. Like the dollars are following it and growth mm -hmm. rates are higher for products with these right. claims. Don't get me wrong. Like there is still a gap between those who say it's important in actual purchase behavior, mm -hmm. but that gap is closing. So yeah, overall for Lidl in particular, uh, given this has been a, a decade long, you know, trend for them. I think it's a great example of a profit driving initiative aligning with a company mission. Wow. That, that yeah. is a little surprising Chad. I, I was not expecting that response from you, but I think, I mean, Patagonia level goose pumps don't come, uh, don't come every day. Joanna, you are, you brought ESG in right away into this. Like, what are your thoughts there? Are you, do you agree with what Chad was saying? I do agree uh, with what Chad 
is saying about, you know, it's a company with a mission and a passion. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, when we think about their uh, private label that they launched a couple years ago, supporting uh, the plant-based items, I think they had an assortment of, you know, four or 500 different products under a single label. You know, they were very committed and it's a climate neutral brand. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, they're, they're definitely pursuing this and they mean it. Um, you know, there's been a lot of growth in, in the plant-based market. It's also heavily saturated with brands. And so what they didn't highlight in this announcement is whether or not this expansion is coming solely through the private label they've been offering, or if they're going to be adding other brands to it, where you may end up with a scenario where, uh, you know, some of their customers might be slightly confused as they learn, you know, some new, some new labels, for example, but if they keep it under theirs, Um, You know, I think there's kind of a a little bit of an equation to ask, you know, is it really climate neutral if you add all this and you're shipping it all around, as opposed to, you know, having a particular market that has, you know, some locally sourced animal products in it, you know, where's, where's the environmental benefit there, but, you know, the flexitarian market's real. Right. Not everyone has, you know, just an exclusive plant-based diet. And so, you know, continuing to expand those offerings we're seeing in fast food, you know, up until I think it was last week, Chick-fil-A had their announcement about, uh, you know, their cauliflower sandwich. So, you know, we're seeing, we're just continuing to see it. It's here. It's staying, you know, I think they're committed. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. uh, You, I mean, is this, is this, is this happening in the European market and like, yes, we have Chick-fil-A. Is it going to take, is this, do you expect like Kroger to start going forward with this initiative? No, I don't. I think, I think you, I think that's the point. That's where the jaded side of me looks at this really differently. Like I think Lytle's way out in front of this, making a statement like this. I think that's partly because of where they are, Mm -hmm. but you know, from my experience and Chad, you, you both alluded to this really like, the supermarket shelves shape themselves based on what the consumer wants. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately that's what's going to happen. And so in the US, I don't see a, a a mass grocer ever making a statement like this. They'll just follow the trends. They'll adopt the shelf space, adapt the shelf space over time. It's way too risky to go out and make a bold statement like this if you're a US retailer. And so I think a little bit is there's a part of me that's like, are they just taking credit for something that's already happening, which is the point that Chad brings up, which is why it... I, doesn't give me the goosebumps that say Patagonia did. Well, like, would you compare you this? Think, I was trying to think of like the early days of Whole Foods where it was like, that was, that was still like in co-op land. You know, it was like you had your very specific segment that was only shopping organic. And now look at, I mean, Whole Foods is now owned by Amazon. It's so much more prevalent. Mm-hmm. We're shopping or more people are shopping mm-hmm. organic, but that took 20 years in the US. Like yeah. it took so long yeah. to happen. So I, I agree. I tend to agree. I think this might be something that, you know, like sustainability metrics in general is much more prominent in, in Europe and the UK and those regions of the world before we start to get there. I mean, can US. you imagine the people of Kroger's like, we're going to stop selling meat? Like oh, people God. would go ape. We thought like, it was bad that like yeah. people were shooting down Walmart drones. I think we might right. have some serious yeah. challenges. And, and, Chad, and, final and, word. No, I mean, and, and to be clear, right? I mean, my point is that this is right for Lidl. Um, In order to capture that portion of the market, I also don't foresee it going into mass, you know, Kroger, you know, US based, because I don't think that segment of the population is large enough to have a total shelf takeover across grocery. Yeah, which is interesting because partly partly the reason if we tell the audience how the sausage is made, we got asked about this headline because we're keynoting um, the NCA, the National Confectioners Association's conference here in a few weeks. And they were asking us about this headline and they were asking like, where does it stop? Does it stop with meat? Does it stop with you know, corn sweet syrup treats, base. corn syrup yeah. treats. And 
So there's a lot of offshoots of this that we'll have to keep an eye on as we go forward. 